Hello, welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host with the most, Hemahimuli Jr. Joining me tonight, as always, we have the internet Jesus himself, Sean Walker. If I trip over my own tongue today, I would just like it be I would just like it known that I am not responsible tonight. That's <laughs> we'll, all I'm gonna say. We'll talk about that. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not responsible if I trip over my own tongue tonight. <laughs> well, I think uh, there's a concern with tripping with uh, Jazz's draft pick too. So for sure. Um, also, that was the voice of our local lovable Canuck, Zach Hicken. So uh, yeah, we're super after hours. This is the latest we've oh, recorded. This is really late. Um, but it's okay. Cause we're going to go through it. We're going to have a quick show. Um, lots, lots of cool things to talk about and talk about with our listeners, even though there's not a lot of sports going on right now. And I say that, you know, obviously the world cup's going on, but well, my, uh, my, my. <laughs> the, the majority of the sports is kind of uh, we're in the lull a little bit. We're in between major sports. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> but I think you should let it be known that college football season has officially begun. In fact, Oof. let's give let's give that a little because college football season is here. Ooh, achievement unlocked. A lot of those. I'm excited. Yeah, it's talking season, guys. Um we'll get to that in a minute too. Yeah. But first, a shout out to our sponsor. Uh we are sponsored by C4 Designs. C4 Designs is a local company that specializes in apparel, uh, a lot of Polynesian-styled apparel. In fact, if you guys own a Polynesian tribal BYU or Utah hat or even jazz hats came out last year, uh, most likely they were designed by C4 Designs. Um, We are rocking some really cool shirts right now. Uh, We'll post a video a little bit later. Uh, If you can see, we got our rookie shirts on, the Donovan Mitchell rookie shirts. Uh... Sports Beat After Hours brand, of course, brought to you by C4 Designs. Um, those will be up on his website soon for you to be able to purchase. Uh, when are they going to be up? We're not sure. But you can win yourself a t-shirt, a Donovan Mitchell rookie t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> yes, you can. It's real. They're uh, really nice shirts, too. Tri-blend, um, fitted T-shirts. And uh, for those of you who can't see, they're uh, black T-shirts with white writing on it. It says uh, rookie on it, and it defines who a rookie is. Donovan was wearing one of these earlier. Just for you, Ben Simmons. Just for you. <laughs> so in order to win one of these shirts, you guys, all you have to do, we're giving away two of them. Okay, two sheet T-shirts to two different people. Um, and the ways you can enter to be eligible for this drawing is uh, you can subscribe and review this podcast on iTunes. Five stars only, of course. And You know what? I, th- I think we should be more clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, five-star reviews preferred. If you do that, then you can write whatever you want. If you give it five stars, you can write whatever you oh, want sure. in the review. Yeah. Um, if you only write good stuff, then you can give it as many stars as you want. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Yeah. So, and- so if you want to write what you want, give it five stars. If you don't care about whatever, if you only want to write good stuff, you can give it like one or two. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. But just know that we're going to be picking out the winners. So write some really good stuff. Um, and if you you can do that, you can ed- enter as much as you guys want. But we're going to choose one person off of the iTunes um, subscribers. And then the other way you can do it is going to our Instagram and following us on Instagram, um, checking out our Instagram TV uh content that we put up there uh and we will pick one of our random followers from instagram so one winner from instagram and one winner from the podcast subscribers list um and the reviews and the reviews we do need the reviews yep to be eligible so yeah you can win yourself one of these t-shirts they're pretty dope um and i hope you'll uh, follow along the reason why we're wearing those today though is because tomorrow or today i guess monday is the uh, nba awards um you guys have probably heard about this because this year, our boy Spida is one of the, f- the finalists for Rookie of the Year. What do you guys think? Is he going to win? Is he going to pull this off? Of course. Do we want to start with Rookie of the Year, or do we want to start with like MVP? Uh, no, let's, let's start with Rookie of the Year, because I yeah. think it's the most local one. So, for those who don't know, uh, finals have been announced. Technically, the voting is over. 
And uh, since we are esteemed NBA reporters in the Salt Lake market, uh, we're just going to reveal our ballots right now. Um, so yeah, let, let's let's actually let's start right there with Rookie okay. of the Year. All right. Uh, because the front runner, obviously, is Spider D himself, Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really the only one that anybody should vote for. Uh, but other finalists are. Uh, ben Simmons of Philadelphia, who may or may not be a rookie, uh, and <laughs> Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics, who I think is actually uh, more deserving than Simmons in a lot of ways in this okay. category. So, are we going to pick who we got, who we want, or who we, who do we think is going to win? Who you voted for, esteemed NBA reporter? Okay, Emma Hamilly. So, let Jr. me start it off. Uh, just keep in mind for those of you listening, the voting happens way before the end of the regular season. Right? No, it happens after the end of the regular yeah, season. Yeah, right, right before at, the right playoffs. At the end of the before the playoffs. Season. Okay, yeah. so before the postseason. So the, the votes are already counted and tallied before the postseason. They just don't reveal it until later. And uh, having that in mind, who I would have voted for, honestly. For the regular season. For the regular season is Donovan Mitchell. That's not that's not me with my jazz goggles. Homer. <laughs> I know I knew you were going to say that. It's Donovan Mitchell took this nothing jazz team in a slump to the playoffs leading score leading score first first year actual actually a rookie he uh he took this sorry jazz team i'm going to say it because no one knew we were going to go no one thought we were going to go to the postseason at the start of this season especially after we lost gobert we were like yeah we're screwed yeah um he took us on his back to the postseason. So uh, with that, who do you think, Zach? Uh, man, I it's tough. Um, I've wavered a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to go with Donovan Mitchell again. Um, he's, uh, I mean, he put together the best start-to-finish season. Um, ben Simmons, sorry, bro, you're not a rookie. Um, but uh, as, for, as far as the regular season goes, I think Donovan Mitchell had the best season. Um, he had so many games where he scored 20 points and I know Ben Simmons did a lot of things for Philadelphia, but he had a legit all-star for the entire season with Joel Embiid and a better supporting cast than the Jazz have. Hey Xfinity, show me Netflix. (laughs) That was was a little awkward. A little uh, on-air production, sorry about that. Um, if we're, I mean, as far as regular season goes, I'm going Donovan Mitchell. Um, the only thing that I would like maybe put an asterisk with, with is if we were including playoffs, I think it would go Jason Tatum because his playoff performance was phenomenal, and he led a very depleted Boston Celtics team to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, seven games against LeBron James, which is really impressive. Um, but as far as who deserves Rookie of the Year for the regular season, which is what the voting is predicated on, it's Donovan Mitchell. No, I think that's actually a really good point because I think if you do factor in the postseason, I think Jason Tatum does become a very legit contender for this he award. Didn't, he didn't possibly start even the to front peak runner. or I guess even rise. He came until on like March. Yeah, he came on very late. Yeah, um, and I think that's a big reason why he's a finalist as well. And if you put if you do factor in the postseason, you could probably make a pretty good argument for Tatum being the front runner for Rookie of the Year. I yeah, mean, absolutely. In, in in reality, he had a better postseason than both Donovan Mitchell ben and Ben Simmons. Simmons head-to-head. He yeah. outplayed Ben Simmons head-to-head. And, yeah. and Donovan, and for, for a variety of factors, Donovan Mitchell's postseason was, it was good, uh, especially for a rookie, but it wasn't always otherworldly good. I feel like Tatum was kind of that next level in the playoffs. And the thing that I think that held Donovan back a little bit in uh, the playoffs is that he loses his point guard in, uh, what, the second game of round two? Right. It, that's. I mean, that's a very different Jazz team. And it's a with, very, yeah, it's a very different Jazz team because Rubio. he had to run the point, and that's not what he is uh, skilled to do. Um, and they didn't really have like a legit backup point guard that could help run the offense while Ricky was gone. Right. And so that kind of held uh, Donovan back a l- little bit in the playoffs. But, I mean, this is a – like we said, this is a regular season award. Um, it's completely predicated on that. I think Ben Simmons is absolutely amazing. I think he has such a high ceiling. But from what I saw from Donovan Mitchell, he put together so many, like, top ten um, – uh, like high highlight reel dunks, plays, scoring performances, he played so well during the regular season. I 
I mean, you have a guy in Ben Simmons who can't even shoot from outside of 10, <laughs> 10 feet, you know? Like, um, And like I said before, he had a better surrounding cast, and that's why he performed better during the regular season. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, all three of us are in agreement. It's Donovan my, Mitchell. My vote certainly would go to Donovan Mitchell, and part of that is because I did watch more Mitchell film, obviously being in the Salt Lake market and everything. So I do want to make that clear. Uh, but to play a little bit of devil's advocate, um, I think Ben Simmons is going to win this award. So no, I, he he, I, he will. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, it's it's pretty much a given. Um, and so if we are kind of making the case for him, here's a guy who came in two years ago, albeit two years ago, he did sit out a year, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, but he did come in two years ago, and he kind of had the the weight of the. Philadelphia 76ers franchise on on his shoulders in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and he's lived up to those expectations I mean starting point guard as a rookie in air quotes 15.8 points 8.2 rebounds per game he's a 55% shooter from the field I mean he's he he runs that offense he gets the Sixers into their offense very well like I don't want to take anything away from Ben Simmons no, he's just phenomenal- because Donovan happens no, to be better yeah, he's a phenomenal player um, and I think and I, I feel like I just I feel like I feel like Simmons runs that offense extremely well, but he is also very versatile. He can play on the wing. He can shoot the ball. He does have some limitations from distance, but he's got a very nice floor game. He spaces the floor very well. Uh, he can be and he's so long and athletic. Yeah, and he can be very versatile, especially on the defensive end for the Sixers. So, so because of that, I understand. I will say I completely understand the voters. Um, and again, I think they're going to be the majority of voters mm-hmm. who pick Ben Simmons over Donovan Mitchell in this case. I'm I would gonna, go with Donovan personally, but I, I do understand the voters who pick Simmons. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to say something that might be very unpopular, a very unpopular opinion. Okay. I think Ben Simmons' ceiling is so much higher than Donovan Mitchell's. Really? Yes. And I think Donovan Mitchell has a lot of potential. I mean, you see flashes of Russell Westbrook, Dwayne Wade. Sure. A lot of a lot of potential. I mean, you're talking Dwayne Wade, who's one of the best shooting guards of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of potential does he? I mean, Donovan has a ton of potential. Um, as just a rookie, he showed a lot of confidence, um, a lot of ability. But what Ben Simmons is able to bring on the court, I don't think it's anything that we've seen since what maybe like Pistol Pete or like Oscar hmm. Robinson. I mean, he's just an athletic freak who can dominate. I, I mean, compared to Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean that, that's like, I they're not even like the same player, but like, it's very almost similar in I, that I way, just because they're so different, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's that's interesting. Um, I think, well, you know, just just we'll end with this so we can move along. But uh, Donovan Mitchell, he said that in one of his interviews and I'm just paraphrasing cuz I don't remember exactly what he said but he said that you know whoever wins rookie of the year like whatever he doesn't care he won the NBA players rookie of the year yeah and voted like, on by the players yes and, and that's he, all that matters to him and he's like yo they they're the ones that guard me yeah the riders aren't guarding yeah him. they have to guard me so he appreciates that a little bit more so yeah no matter where you split it um whether it's Donovan or Ben or or Jason Tatum like We've had some great rookies this year, so it's going to be a. Tight this is race one of the best sure. rookie classes. I mean, we're forgetting Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball, who both right. had great rookie seasons. Kuz I mean, great. I know Lonzo kind of got overshadowed by his dad and his antics and mm-hmm. um, his injury, but I mean, Kuz had a great season. Yeah, what what Kuz is doing any other year, he's at least a finalist for this. Absolutely, one hundred percent. He and, may not win it, but he's at least a finalist just with what he did. And, and again, another rookie who, in a lot of ways, has carried his franchise this year. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And Laurie Markakin, also for That's Chicago, true. had a great uh-huh. season as well. Um, but I think that puts a bow on Rookie of the Year. I say we move on to, what, MVP? Yeah, let's go with the uh, Kia NBA Most Valuable Player. Shout out to Kia, a loyal sponsor. <laughs> JK Kia, but call us. Uh, so your three-headed finalists here are uh, Anthony Davis of New Orleans, the beard himself, James Harden of Houston, and some guy named Lebron Hamas from Cleveland. <laughs> okay. I think I've heard of him. Yeah. He's he's he, supposed to be he's pretty decent, good. Right? Yeah. He's decent. Is he new? Yeah. He's new, right? New, younger guy. Yeah. yeah. He's, up he's, and comer in the league. Yeah. Up and comer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, AD, James Harden, Lebron James, your finalists. There's really only one pick here, I right. think. 
Let's all say it at the same time. One, two, three. Anthony LeBron James Harden. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was not scripted. Um, playoffs, LeBron James, absolutely. Sure. Anthony Davis, what he did this season is so unreal. I mean, he loses his his star like uh, front court mate That's in true. Boogie Cousins, and he carried New Orleans to the playoffs by putting up like 50-point performances like night in and night out. Like, I think down the stretch he was averaging, what, like 35 points a game? I, I have no idea. I'm probably pulling that number completely out of thin air, but – I mean, he was phenomenal down the stretch, and when the team needed him to. Um, I mean, James Harden did have a great season. I know that mm-hmm. he's probably going to win sure. the MVP. I think so, too. I don't think he's the most deserving. Um, I don't like the way he plays. I don't like his <laughs> game. Don't like I him. don't like his team. I do not like him, period. Jazz Goggles um, coming on in three, two, one. <laughs> he has a better supporting cast, but what Anthony Davis did for that New Orleans Pelicans team was remarkable. Right. Um, he turned around a team that was consistently a bottom a bottom feeder. I mean, sure. he brought back Pelicans. he brought back Ray John Rondo, right, and led them in the first round over the Portland Trailblazers yeah. in a sweep. Who is old and a cancer? Yeah, yeah. Like Ray John Rondo hasn't been relevant since two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. He's bounced around. He's been the with last the last time Ray John Rondo was relevant was relevant. Sorry, or an elephant, either way. <laughs> Uh, the last time Rajon Rondo was relevant, I believe I was still eating cereal on my couch in front of Saturday morning cartoons, <laughs> which, to his credit, also was about two weeks ago. So fair enough. So okay, so this is why I say LeBron James. Okay, if you're going to make the case that um, that um, the better the person with the best supporting cast was Harden, the worst supporting cast has to be the Cavs, the- right? Here's the thing, though. They played in the East, bro. They played in the East, and they finished in fourth place. Sure. This is a regular season award. If it's a postseason That's award, true. it's absolutely LeBron James. But they're – so, okay, guys. The Cavs were garbage in the postseason. Sorry, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> and they're garbage in the in the regular season, right? Like you just pointed out that they were garbage, and they still got there, and they still got to the finals. So, I don't know. I that's why that's that was my case for LeBron, but I could see it being Harden, and I could see it being AD. By the way, and and here's here's my qualm with this award, um, and I I think it's going to be James Harden. Um, You're probably right. I would probably vote for James Harden because of the spirit of this category, but best player on the best team. I, I don't I don't like how this category is named because there's a very big difference between being a valuable player and a best player or a player of the year. I think this award, the spirit of this award is really the NBA player of the year. It's the best player, um, sometimes on the best team, but not always. Mm-hmm. It's it's just the best overall player in the NBA. Uh, and and that, I think, is, is James Harden. I mean, Jim, James Harden went and he took a Rockets team to be to become – uh, obviously not alone. You know, he had some help, CP3. And, a lot and of help. Capella and and right. therefore. But but he took this Rocket team and he proved that they were the best team. And he proved that his team was the best over the course of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Better than the Cavs. Better than Toronto, which had a nice run. Better than the Golden State freaking Warriors, mm-hmm. who they played like five million times to <laughs> one point games every time. Yeah. I, I mean, that's... And so again, the spirit of this award is... Player of the year, best player, it should go to James Harden because of that. So let's move. But when you're talking value, I don't think there is a pl- – I don't think there are players – and I really like your point about AD, by the way, Zach. Um, and so I'll lump the two together. I don't think there's a better, there's more value to a team and to a franchise than both Anthony Davis in New Orleans and LeBron James in Cleveland. I will play one devil's advocate for Hema. LeBron James had to play the freaking entire season with J.R. Smith. (laughs) A guy who in game one of the NBA Finals with the game on the line forgets the score. Forgets the score, guys. He doesn't know who's winning. The answer was... He thought they were up. The answer was nobody was winning. And the freaking coach didn't call a timeout. It's very, very Argentina-esque. Oh, my gosh. That team was... 
That garbage. team's a disaster. Hot LeBron garbage. is going to the Lakers. Okay. okay, let's move on. So we we talked about Player of the Year, which is what the award should be called. Let's move to Defensive Player of the Year just a little bit. I think people are interested in that because we do have a little bit of skin. Yeah. Okay. I think one. we have a sweep on this one. Yeah, we got another local kid uh, in this one. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, yeah, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz, aka the Emojinator. AKA um, the Stifle Tower. AKA, we don't use that nickname because Jody Gennessy copyrighted it. <laughs> what? Did he really? Uh, maybe. Oh, man. Shout out to Jody. Love you. Love you. Um, but in addition to Rudy, the also rans in this are another Sixer, Joel Embiid of Philadelphia, uh, and once again, Anthony Davis of the New Orleans Pelicans. So I think we all have jazz goggles on this one, uh, but the stats bear out. Um, Categorically, Rudy Gobert, Utah Jazz, best defensive player in the game, right? Yeah, I well, agree. And the biggest reason that you can go with Rudy Gobert, and I know that all of you guys, that you both are going to agree with this, and probably most of our listeners who are Jazz fans, you saw what he did from the time that um, he came back after missing a large period of the season to injury, after he came back and the impact that he had on the floor, uh, it, he completely turned around the Jazz's season. Yes. Again, if you want to talk defensive MVP, I think Rudy Gobert is a complete shoe-in for that type of category. Especially in the regular season. Yeah. I mean, the value that he brought to the Jazz was immense, taking them from out of the so playoffs. So is this, is this defensive most val- most valuable defensive player, or is it best defensive player? That's the question. Again, oh, that's true. Again, these categories for the NBA postseason awards are so ill-named, right? And yet, the spirit of them is so completely, almost reverse from how they're how they're dubbed, how they're named. Mm-hmm. Um, that I I think some writers kind of get hung up with that a little bit. But anywho, yeah. uh, I I I still think it's Rudy Gobert. Um, Zach obviously thinks it's Rudy, Rudy Gobert. I think it's Rudy. Yeah. Hema in agreement there. We can move on from there. Okay. okay. We uh, also have skin in the game in another category. Coach uh, of the year. Coach of the year. This is interesting, though. Break us down uh, real yeah, quick, Sean. I, I don't think our local guy is going to win this one, but obviously you've got Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz. Uh, you've got Brad Stevens of the Boston Celtics. Um, and uh, Dwayne Casey, who was <laughs> a finalist for this award as head coach of the Toronto Raptors. Um, Remember, this is this is uh, Based on the regular season. season. Based so, on the regular season. For those of you that are unaware, he is no longer the coach for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Hilarious yeah. if this dude wins. Funny. Right? I, I want Dwayne Casey to win just for the just spirit because. of <laughs> Toronto just fired the coach of the year. <laughs> He's not who I think's going to win or who right. I think deserves to win. Actually, I think he probably will win. <laughs> I don't think he's the one who deserves to win. Um, I think, I think it's Brad Stevens. I think and let me tell you why. Okay. Um, I think that he's the best young coach in the game. I do think that Quinn Snyder is very close behind him. Brad Stevens is an insanely talented coach. He lost his highest paid second best player on the team five minutes into the season. Who was our best player. Who was our best <laughs> player last year. He loses his best player, who's a top five player in the NBA, with 20 games down the stretch. He right. leads his team to a second-place finish in the East and to the conference finals. And now, I know that this is a regular season award, but what he did in developing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum Ooh, yeah. was phenomenal. Jalen Brown had a great season. He went from being a guy that Celtics fans thought were a bust or was a bust to being a legit piece to a title contender moving forward. When they get... Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward back. They're going to have Al, Al Horford. That's Those are three All-Stars. Jason Tatum will probably be an All-Star next year. Absolutely. They're going to have, I, who knows what they're going to do with the rest of the pieces on their bench. Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier. Which is a pretty good bench. And they still have Jalen Brown, and he's like a borderline All-Star. Yeah. Um, could you imagine the lineup that they're going to have with Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, and Jalen Brown. Oh, I mean, that's going to be a great Insane. lineup. Imagine but, if they got uh, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> they didn't. I know. <laughs> Package deal Gordon Hayward sent to uh, the Spurs. <laughs> um, but what he did in you know, being able to finish the season the way they did without their two best players was great. I, I think that Brad Stevens deserves this award. I agree. Um, I'm not going to rebut anything. I think for every reason you just 
spouted off. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think Brad Stevens deserves this award. Um, Sean, do you agree too? I don't know if you have I, a different perspective. I do mostly agree with that, actually. Um, I would love to see Quinn Snyder win this award, I would too. but yeah. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Brad Stevens is probably the front runner. Uh, the spirit of this award, Coach of the Year, um, and I don't. I, I think it's viewed the same way that it's phrased, fortunately. It's one of those few categories, if you will. Uh, but the Coach of the Year is the guy in the NBA who does the most with the least amount of like pure talent yeah. on his roster. Um, and for that reason, I can see Dwayne, Ca- Dwayne Casey winning right. this award. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy... <sighs> the Celtics had a lot of talent... Although most of that talent, looking at you, Hayward, looking at you, Kyrie, mm-hmm. uh, was injured all year. And so I think that does probably play into an effect. Um, but we're really we're, we're talking about a Raptors team that has a couple of really <laughs> nice pl- – couple of really nice pieces. I mean, DeMar couple, DeRozan's obviously a, a great player. You know, you, Kyle Lowry's a good player. But, yeah. but I mean – Other than that? I mean, Jonas is, Jonas is a nice player. Fred VanVleet. Had a really nice year, but in Casey, you're talking about a guy who took players like you fans are going to kill me for saying this name, <laughs> but but taking players like Delon Wright, right. who was playing a lot up in Toronto this season, and winning and winning and winning, um, and I I think that that kind of mentality and that kind of approach of of taking a younger guy or a less experienced guy or someone who doesn't have quote unquote pure talent mm-hmm. or a whole lot of it um and and turning him into kind of an all-star level type mm-hmm. or at least an all-star team type i think that's the spirit of this award and that's why i i would not be shocked if Dwayne Casey wins this so we so and again that acceptance speech which would be, will be incredible. so sweet so, so we're all going to say it, right? Brad Stevens wins, but we really hope Casey wins because it would be hilarious. Yeah, no, that's probably fair. <laughs> um, okay, uh, what's the next category that you want to cover? We don't have any more players. We got sixth, uh, sixth man of the year. Yeah, sixth let's man. move. Let's move to the NBA. Like, sorry, the Kia NBA sixth man of the year. Still waiting for that call, Kia. <laughs> um, I just mentioned him, Fred VanVleet, with the Toronto Raptors, uh, Houston's Eric Gordon, and Lou Williams of the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, who you got, Zach? I'll go Eric Gordon. I thought he had a great season for a great team, um, and he was great in the playoffs too. And I know that this is a regular season award, but I saw him in the playoffs, and he carried that into the playoffs. He played great. Uh, again, I think it's a regular season award also. Eric Gordon also. Like I know I'm agreeing with you with a lot of these things, but, man, he freaking chopped us up in the in the postseason. Um I don't really see as much of an impact from the other guys. They, although they did have an impact, I just feel like Eric Gordon had a bigger impact off the bench. Uh, I really like Fred Van Vliet on this award mm-hmm. because he's a player who came out of essentially nowhere and really came onto the scene this year with the Raptors, not always getting, I mean, six men of the year, not, not getting a ton of starts, but just doing what he needed to do, putting in the work, mm-hmm. uh, really giving his team a lift, a spark. Making Toronto turn, helping to turn Toronto from a couple years ago, you could maybe call it a dumpster fire to a veritable t- contender in the Eastern Conference. Um, so yeah, I like Gordon plenty too, uh, but I really like Fred VanVleet here. I have my blue goggles on, my BYU goggles. I wish Kyle Collinsworth was a uh, wait. Kyle is that his name? Yeah, Kyle Collinsworth. I thought he was great for the Mavs, but he's kind of he's no longer with the Mavs though. So. Yeah. I mean, he only played the second half of the season. Um, he played sparingly. Uh, and honestly, he was just on the team so they could tank. <laughs> um, he's not on the team Yeah, in uh, for the 2018-2019 season just because they dra- they just they drafted, drafted two point guards. Of, yeah, They drafted Jalen Brunson too. and uh, uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, Donkic. Yes. Donkic. So, who may or may not be playing in the summer league this year, but we can move on from that. Oh, the summer league's going to be fun. Um, yeah. I think last one that we have is uh, most improved player. Yeah, the um, MIP, the Kia MIP. Yeah, I'll start oh. with this one as well. Uh, I I don't think that there's any way that you could argue. Or sorry, I guess sorry. Introduce who it is. Uh, so you've got <laughs> Indiana's Victor Oladipo, Brooklyn's Spencer Dinwiddie, and Houston's Clint Capella. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm going to continue I, with what I said. I think I know where Zach's going here. Victor Oladipo. I think so, Victor yeah. Oladipo Fair. transformed his body. He went from being considered to be a bust. Uh, nothing. Yes. In the NBA, he was traded from the Thunder to the Magic to his hometown Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. He's back home in the same state he played college. Is is he from Indiana originally? I, I think know. he might be. He's from he's from the Midwest. He has he's one of the most popular Pacers. Mm-hmm. I think in years. Um I mean I mean they had Paul George recently who was pretty popular, but I think he's one of the most popular Pacers just because he uh he led the Indiana Hoosers to a national championship while he was in college. Mm-hmm. Um and so I I think that it's got to be him. I mean, he had a great season. Um, I think that he is probably like tier B for um, uh, MVP award. Like he's probably hmm. probably like fourth fourth or fifth most deserving guy for MVP. And he's probably I think he'll probably end up being second team All NBA. Or have they already released that? I don't know. He's probably he had a second team All NBA season. So um, I think that'll be him. Um, again, I agree. Uh, during the regular season, man, Oladipo had the Jazz's number. He was great. Um, but I also think Clint Capella was really good, too. Um, obviously, in the postseason, he was great. Shut down Rudy. Shut down a lot of our guys. Um, if you're if you're able to add the playoffs into this equation, which, again, you're not. The ballots are in. They're counted. Um, they've already been approved. But if you're able to add the postseason in, I think Clint Capella wins this award yes. in a landslide. Yep. Uh, but Victor Oladipo, I think, is the choice for the regular season. He was the most consistent. He he was, yeah, a total bust. You said it, Zach. He was, he was a total bust, and yet this change of scenery seemed to have worked out really well for him. And speaking as a guy who's more of a college basketball fan than an NBA fan, mm-hmm. I watched him at IU over several years. Absolutely explosive player. He's one so of my favorite fast. guys in college. Yeah, I, I mean, loved watching so him play. good around the rim, mm-hmm. and just so good in so many ways. And he is a one hundred, almost one hundred. I shouldn't say one hundred percent, but probably like an eighty percent different player. Yeah, as a professional, I mean, just night and day difference with what he did. And he was a great player in college, fantastic player in college. Um, but what he does now in the NBA is so much different. The way he looks is so much different. He can take on guys kind of one-on-one so much differently. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I think Oladipo it is. All right. So that's it for the uh, NBA awards. That's who we thought was going to win. We'll find out on Monday um, if Spida gets the Rookie of the Year nod. Probably not. But we'll be rooting for that guy. Uh, let's move on to the... Worst college football team, um, at least in the state of Utah last season. Uh, BYU had their media day this past week. It's true, guys. I mean, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> guys, I'm a Hamuli. I love BYU, but they freaking sucked last year. We lost to teams like East Carolina or whatever. East Fresno. Carolina, the worst defense in the nation. <laughs> Like almost like completely shut down BYU's offense. But hey, BYU made history last year. Of the LSU game? No, the f- oh. the first ever uh, road win in UMass football's FBS oh, history. That's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, because I thought you were historic. Because we, I thought it was because also we played LSU and we didn't cross the fifty yard line. I mean, here's here's how bad the season was. To be to be fair, BYU. LSU knew exactly how BYU felt having played Alabama in the national championship a few <laughs> years previous. So. <laughs> it's that's a different beast. So you start the season off with Portland State, and they looked bad. Do we really need to recap no, the no, 2017 no. season? But what I'm going to say, we're hemorrhaging listeners. right What now, I'm going to say, <laughs> I forgot how bad the season was for BYU. I forgot they lost to Fresno State. <laughs> I was going through highlights the other day um, as we were cutting up some uh, B-roll for some interviews that we posted on uh, uh, for Sportsbeat. By the way, go check out our one-on-one with Kalani Satake. It's on our YouTube oh, yeah. channel and KSL.com. Um, really insightful stuff. Oh, also on our Instagram TV. That's new. Yeah, Instagram TV. Check out the IGTV. But what I'm going to say. Millennials. This media day for BYU. So this is my fourth season covering BYU in some capacity. Previously with uh, the ESPN Utah County radio affiliate, 
uh, then BYU TV. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> you will. You will one day, Sean. Someday. Someday. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> Breaking uh, news left and right. So two seasons with uh, the ESPN affiliate, one season with BYU TV. This is my first season with KSL. Very different attitudes heading into this. There was no breaking news in the state of the program address. <laughs> I actually left uh, with about 20 minutes left, partly because I had to go set up some uh, set up our equipment, partly because I knew that there was going to be no pertinent information coming out. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that came out is that there's going to be free in-stadium Wi-Fi, <laughs> where years before they announced... Uh, Scheduling agreements, I think last year they announced a one-year extension on the ESPN contract. Oh, right. Um, well, kind of. ESPN picked up the option. Yeah, picked up the, the option. original contract. So, just not Which, by really, the way, ends after the season. It does end after the season, and there wasn't an answer for that, which was kind of a disappointment. I th- Interesting. That was maybe the one thing that I thought would maybe come out of BYU Media Day was, right. hey, like, we signed a new contract with ESPN, or maybe, hey... We're, we're, we're we've been wearing a lot of royal lately. All of our Ugh. social media stuff has gone to royal. We're actually officially making the move to royal. Would have no. been a really nice time to announce it. It's not going to happen. Or, or an alternate gray uniform, maybe. Yeah, that would have been a great or announcement. More Sailor Coog. Yeah. So we didn't get anything out of BYU Media Day that, like, we besides didn't really already know. Besides yeah. new Wi-Fi, new which Wi-Fi. if anyone's been following. At least media guys, we've been watching this develop for I think two seasons now, where there have been people yeah, in not the media booth. Like we have right. known that this was happening for a long time. Last it was se- supposed to happen last season. Yeah, last last season you could actually ac- you could actually like see this Wi-Fi network. <laughs> it's just that it wasn't open. Yeah, it was impossible so, to actually get onto. But you could see it when you opened up like your iPhone and stuff. You could, and so um, yeah, nothing really big. I think the biggest takeaway that I had. Um, I think there were a lot of lessons learned from last season. Um, there better have been. There better have been, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Kalani, has a sh- Kalani decided to shake up his staff, mm-hmm. has a lot of experience. Um, I mean, he has a rookie play caller, right. but with a guy with SEC experience, with prior BYU experience, um, he surrounded him with very talented guys who have called plays in the past, and Fessy Sataki, mm-hmm. Steve Clark was already at BYU. Um, but I imagine he's going to be utilized quite a bit. Um, he called plays at Weber State and SUU. Right. And uh, Aaron Roderick, which is probably the biggest name that was added on that staff. Mm-hmm. Um, previous guy that uh, – previous BYU receiver was at uh, Utah for several years in uh, many different capacities mm-hmm. as a quarterback coach, offensive I mean, coordinator, passing game coordinator. I would argue Fessy Satake was bigger because he came from the best football program in the state last year, but – and almost That's, FCS. Well, and here's the thing. Aaron Roderick should be the FCS champions. Right. Yeah. Looking at you, JMU, and your crappy refs. <laughs> Aaron Roderick, though, was, I mean, he was a, a highly respected coach. He had opportunities to go coach at Washington, who is one of the best teams in the Pac-12. Um, really, really well-respected coach in this profession. Um, I think that adding that experience is going to be good for Kalani. I think that he learned that um, even though – BYU is filled with uh, 21-year-old and older um, return missionaries. You can't necessarily trust return missionaries to be responsible. You can't really give them a long leash because if you do, they're going to take every advantage that they can because at the same time, they are college kids. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them are out on their own for the first time with uh, less supervision than you have on a mission. Um, And they're going to make mistakes. And we saw that last season. We saw... Uh, Micah Hanneman gets suspended. A senior who is a return missionary. Ula Tolutau. Just came off a mission. Just came off a mission. Francis Bernard. Uh, very publicized incident that happened. Um, I mean, it's Shout not a secret. Vineyard. It's not a secret that there was issues. And a lot of these guys that had issues were return missionaries who were expected to do big things. Um, and there's more. Frankly, there should be more expected from return missionaries. Um, and I know why Kalani kind of extended that leash a little bit but when you lose guys who have control of the locker room mm-hmm. like Taysom Hill like Jamal Williams Absolutely. um Harvey Longy guys who are very well respected it's hard for T John Karoma and Fred Warner to rein them in because T John's not necessarily going to be one of the big loud guys in the locker room I mean he's kind of keeps to himself a little bit 
and it's hard for Fred to do that on his yeah, own. I mean, neither is Fred for the most part. Yeah, even. and Fred Fred's not necessarily. Fred's but vocal I feel like enough, he's a little bit he's more. He's a little bit more vocal than T John, but it's hard for him to. I mean, him as more vocal. Keep than control. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for him to keep control of 120 guys on his own. I still I still remember my favorite uh, T John Karoma media interview. Here, let me play it right now. <laughs> it's gonna be just dead air, you guys. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's my favorite. Enough dogging on T-John. T-John had a great career at BYU. You can't talk crap on him. He was great. He's one of the best offensive linemen to come through BYU in very recent years. Current chief. Good luck to him in Kansas City. No, for sure. uh, Kalani learned a lot. Um, I hope that he can – because just for the sake of Kalani Sataki, I think he's a good guy. I really like him. I want him to succeed. Um, I mean, I am a BYU grad. Uh, so I, I mean, BYU is my alma mater. I would like to see BYU succeed, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like it's not going to ruin my day if they don't, if they don't win. Right. Um, I just, I've known these guys for several years now. Um, and they're just good people and I want to see them succeed and remain in the capacities that they are. Cause it was, su- it sucked to see, uh, guys like Ty Detmer sure. and Reno Mahe and Ben Cahoon and um, Mike Empey have to leave after a bad season because right. um, they were they were all great people, and I mean it was just it had well, to be done. Well, let's be real. I mean, Mike, if he has another bad season, I could see Sitake getting. Uh... It depends on how bad. I could see him getting one more season, just because of how tough tough the schedule is. This schedule is pretty tough. It's daunting. They have two teams that are probably going to end up in the top ten. Right. Two teams that are probably going to end up as conference champions. Competing in New Year's Six or playoff Including games. Including Utah? Uh, no, Washington and uh, no, no, Wisconsin. No, that's the division champ. Oh, I, oh, I, <laughs> yeah, that's true. The division and Utah, champ. Utah is probably going to compete great. for the Pac-12 South title. I think they'll get it, to be honest. Division and champ. We'll I think, talk about that later. Yeah, they, they have a great shot to win or the Pac-12 co-champs. South for the first time. At least Not co-champs. as co-champs. They are going to be Pac-12 South on top of the standings by themselves when the season's all said and done. I think so, too. But, well, um, my, my, my. <laughs> and then you have Cal, Boise State. Boise State's a top 25 team. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a tough season for BYU. Um, they're going to have to win games against teams like Utah State, UMass, which, you know. <sighs> they care. should win. They should win. But they, had, they struggled last year. So we'll see what happens. Um, so I think the biggest takeaway I saw was what Kalani learned. And uh, that Tanner Mangum's not really as big as he was last season. I mean, um, <laughs> he true. he downplayed this a lot. He's he lost twenty pounds. He though. lost twenty two yeah, pounds according to Aaron down. Roderick. Aaron Roderick's not gonna like exaggerate these numbers. Um, he's not someone who like he, is going out there and like trying he, to sensationalize things. Tanner Mangum's like, yeah, I lost like ten pounds. Tanner, bro, you did not lose ten pounds. He, he looked he phenomenal. He confirmed with us on the print table that it was at least fifteen. Wow. He lost at least. Tanner 15. said that. Yeah, Tanner okay. did. Tanner told um, he he said, and it, it to looks Jeremiah, to like be more like yeah, it looks to be more like twenty. Twenty two is what Aaron yeah. Rodgers and then A Rod said twenty two. So, yeah, yeah. So it's somewhere between fifteen and twenty two. He he visually looks about twenty pounds lighter. That looks great. Like legitimately looks about twenty pounds lighter. He, he and I I think it's a great thing shape. because because all through this kind of the the latter stages when most BYU fans were I think. I think we're just waiting for the end of the 2017 season. And then all through spring camp, he kind of disappeared because of that Achilles injury. Right. Um, and people forgot about him. And I, I think the quarterback competition kind of went on without him. And, you know, I, I think Joe Critchlow kind of looked more and more like the starting quarterback of the future. And then mm-hmm. Zach Wilson came in. And, oh, hey, let's not forget about Bo Hodge. Like, right. he looks pretty good. Oh, Jaron Hall's coming off a mission. And Tanner kind of got buried a little bit. He kind of got forgotten. Um, well, there was so much hype of Zach Wilson in the, media, in the spring yeah. that it, it's not even funny. Like, right. if you would go just by comments from the spring, Zach Wilson's the starting quarterback <laughs> right. against Arizona sure. in game one. Zach, you gotta you gotta stop hanging out on Cougar Board, man. You gotta <laughs> stop hanging out on Cougar Board so much. So, oh, so like, but so, no. So I mean, so so Zach got a lot, but then but then enter June, enter BYU football media day. And Tanner Mangum just I like I still remember like Tanner Mangum just kind of strutting into the uh, print media breakout yeah. area, and he just kind of sits down at his table. It's the same table he had last year, and he just kind of sits down. And, his swagger's back, and like put his hand on one of the table, and he just goes, "Sup?" <laughs> I want big smile on his face, and I'm just like. 
dude, this dude's in a good place right now. Yeah. Like that's good. This is great for for him as a person. I hope he's in a good place. For me as a fan, I, I can say fan, right? I'm a legacy, I guess. I want to see the swagger of the Nebraska Tanner. You know what I'm saying? I want that Tanner back. I mean, this kid was the big man on campus at BYU. He was the hottest athlete. Everyone knew who he was. Mm-hmm. He was he was a commodity. Like people literally would stop him on his way to class and like ask for autographs or pictures. Like he was so I mean, I can't imagine how overwhelming that was as a kid. Front row at the BYU women's volleyball matches. Yeah. Remember. I remember. Legit. And that's also what ruined his uh <laughs> next season. So So uh so we're all in agreement, right? Mangum Redemption Tour twenty eighteen. I want to see it, and I mean, I would like to see it. I I like to see comebacks, and also Tanner's a senior. He's got one yeah. more year to do it. I mean, go go, just chuck it, man. Well, and just here's the thing. It. Let me let me say one more thing. That this new rule that the NCAA passed, where a player can play four games and still keep his red shirt, is so crucial to the development of Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson. These guys are going to be able to play and earn reps in the later part of the season. I think Jaron Hall especially because he's not going to be ready. He's still going to have mission legs. Right. He's still going to be get, working his way back. These guys are still going to be able to get in-game reps against teams, uh, If hopefully if BYU is having blowouts. Um, and, I mean, we're hoping that Tanner Mangum stays healthy, but if he doesn't, there's still an option that these guys are going to be able to be around for five years and still develop this first redshirt year right. and get in-game experience, which I think is very crucial um, to both Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall because, um, frankly, you want to keep both of these guys around as long as you can. Uh, we're in a state right now in college football where, you know, realistically, if one of them doesn't get the starting quarterback nod, one of them's going to leave. And right. you hate to see either of them leave um, because they're just both so talented. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that quarterback position. But I really want to see, just for the sake of Tanner Mangum, him continue to develop and earn that job and just dominate. So I think I think the future is bright for BYU football, but it has to be after a season like last year's. Brighter than only last one way season. to go. Yep, it's only one way to go. One way to go, and I think it helps to have Jeff Grimes there. He, uh, I feel like he is. He's got his head on his shoulders. Speaking of quarterbacks, you know, someone asked him, "Was it you?" Sean, that asked him about – well, I'm sure everyone asked him about the quarterback situation. He said people stop him on the street, at the yeah. gas station, in right. the grocery store. But he said something like – I don't remember who asked him the question. But basically he was like, yeah, I hope we have a quarterback for Arizona too. No, he said, he said I think, I'm glad Arizona's not tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Someone asked him like – oh, it was – was it was it Mitch that asked him? Like tried to ask him around about – ESPN way of, 960's Mitch Harper. They, someone tried to ask and him. There were, there were a couple people. Okay, Kirk someone, Crowthorpe also from the Salt Lake Tribune. Dave McCann, KSL's it. own Dave McCann. Asked BYU him that. TVs. Dave and McCann. BYU he was, TVs. He was Dave BYU McCann. TVs. Dave McCann that well, day. So they tried to get this around is the a question. KSL podcast. We're owning Dave McCann, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should get Dave on the podcast. Oh yeah, let's get DM on here. He doesn't. He goes to bed at nine, guys. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, the they, they try, they try to get he around works the at ten o'clock newscast every night. He what sleeping? Still goes to bed at nine. Uh. But yeah, he, like Mike Hedrick has his hand behind <laughs> him like a puppet. <laughs> um, Shout yeah. out to Mike. They try to get Cleveland around the question. Zone. They try to get try to bait uh, Grimey into uh, telling them who's going to start. And they were like, "Oh, you know, if if you, if the Arizona game was tomorrow, who's going to be starting quarterback?" And he said, "Well, let's just be grateful that it's not tomorrow," which is nice to hear. Because I don't know it's if that's a nice legit. to hear because no, that's kind of that's kind of concerning because I feel like he's just like. No one's really separated themselves yeah. yet, which, I mean, I don't know at this point that you want someone to, but, like, at the same time, like, to not have any idea, yeah, that's either it's, really good or really bad. But it's it's something we already know. Like, us, the false, but we already know that they don't have a quarterback. They don't know what's going to happen. And well, I mean, I, I think, I do think that it is a legit five-man quarterback competition. And right now there are four listed. Um, Jaron Hall will be joining this week. I think so okay. this week or this month. Summer, summer like, semester yeah, starts. Yeah, yeah. By the time summer by the time term, summer sorry. term starts, uh, so Jaron Hall just barely got back off a mission. He's going to join that competition. So it is a legit five man open quarterback hey, competition. Don't they, forget, 
about Gunnar Romney, or sorry, uh, Baylor Romney, and uh, he's around. Stacy Connor, also oh, around. Stacey Connor, I forgot about him. Um, also around, but uh, so it, I, but I, I really think that it is a. I'm stammering now. Thanks, Zach. But I really think that it's a legit five-man quarterback competition right now in that room. It grimy has to be. And, grimy and A-Rod did both say that they want to whittle it down to two at most three by the second week of fall camp, though. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably see two, maybe three finalist contenders for that job. Uh, by the second week of fall camp. How much and then are we going to see, though? Because they locked us out of, well, out of fall camp last quote year. Quote, unquote, so. see. I mean, yeah. we'll we'll ask them about it, and and sorry, this is just me complaining. Yeah, a they're bit. hoping they're hoping to have those answers, um, and then best case scenario is at the end of that second week, um, Grimes said they they have a starter picked out because they don't want to just throw a guy in during the opener on the road at Arizona with like two days of starting reps and facing a legit Heisman contender in Khalil Tate. Yeah. I mean, I know, and the, some the guy named Kevin Sunlin who did a. Decent things with a pretty nice quarterback, Johnny something or other. Uh, <laughs> Linehan, I think. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so so that's kind of the timeline. And Grimes didn't want to put the words timeline to it, but right. that is essentially the timeline that we'll see. But I really think right now it's it's legitimately five people could start. Right. But once again, Tanner Mangum's back in the conversation. He's not completely out there just trying to rehab like. He's he's ready to, to give it a go. So, yeah. So, well, that was busy week. It's only going to get more busy with more sports coming and more football, which I'm really excited yeah, about. Yeah, we got NBA uh, Jazz Summer League coming up next week. And this Summer League is going to be fire, by the way. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be sweet. You have, what, the third pick and the fourth pick? Uh-huh. So, it's going to be awesome. Trey Young. Trey Young. Let's see what he can do. Um, But, yeah. So, yeah, for you guys listening still, thanks for sticking around with us. Episode brought to you by C4 Designs, who made these shirts. You can get your own by following us on Instagram and by subscribing to this podcast. And leaving a review. And leaving a review. Five stars only. Five stars only. Five stars only. I'm Hemahe Mooley Jr., Zachary Hicken, and Sean Walker join us. Peace out. Peace. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike?